Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. It has been an incredibly dynamic last couple of weeks for us here at ABG personally, but also for the world at large. So even though we are off season, we wanted to check in with you all and share a special episode to talk about how we are personally experiencing this worldwide COVID-19 incident in hopes that it might help some of you out there feel more connected, uh, prompt conversations with your personal circles, or even just offer a brief moment of reprieve from your new daily routine. So today we are bringing you a special off-season episode of our experience so far with the virus known as COVID-19. COVID-19 or coronavirus is the name we'll be using throughout the episode interchangeably. COVID-19 stands for coronavirus and the 2019 year. And it is an infectious disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. And just for context, so you know when we've recorded this as of this week, the third week of March, the U.S. had about 8,000 reported cases with several cases unknown due to asymptomatic carriers and also due to lack of testing kits available. Italy just surpassed China in the number of deaths, and globally, there have been about 10,000 deaths. The governor of L.A., where we currently live, just put the city on lockdown, and only essential businesses like pharmacies, gas stations, grocery stores, banks, laundromats, restaurants for takeout will remain open. And you've heard of new popular terms like social distancing and flattening the curb, which means to not overwhelm healthcare systems with too many people infected over a short period of time, to allow our medical workers with limited capacity to take care of those infected. And for those of you who may be concerned, we are practicing social distancing and sitting in our own respective homes, which we have become increasingly thankful for. Yes, and to start the story of ABG's experience, do you want to set some context of how things were before the quick escalation of the COVID-19 quarantine period? Um, For the last couple of months, we've experienced an increase in potential projects at ABG, which is super exciting. In fact, this week we hit 2 million downloads. Yes, that's 2 million times someone hit play on episode. We also had a number of in-person events at colleges, companies, and festivals slated for this month and the next few months. But obviously plans have now changed. You know, through the news and social media, we're seeing a lot of our friends who also run small businesses being heavily impacted by this. And one, they're shifting their focus in the business model, or two, sadly, they're closing down their business, which has been really disheartening to hear and see. For us at ABG, we're learning to pivot and spend a lot more time personally building on foundations for more long-term goals. So as of last weekend, uh, mid-March, before the official stay-at-home order in California, we were up in San Francisco for a couple of pre-planned events. Uh, Various suggested precautions were already starting to take place, so we actually canceled one of our events and altered two of the others to follow the public health recommendations, such as reducing the number of attendees from 350 to a max of 150. So things escalated pretty gradually, and before we even went to San Francisco, kind of news of COVID in China was already developing. Ladies, how did you take the news initially? Like, when did you first hear about it, and how did you feel? I feel like COVID... To be completely transparent felt like a distant thing, you know, with it being in China and Italy, it felt very far away from the U.S. and something that 
wouldn't affect me directly but it's something I was also keeping my eyes on. As someone who works in digital media and entertainment, I was very curious to see how COVID would play a role in the Mulan premiere and screenings because I know a lot of us were getting ready to purchase, purchase tickets to you know support the film. And I know how China plays a huge role in box office sales. And when we heard Mulan was postponed, I was like, oh shit, something's really happening in the world. It started affecting me directly when I would check ABG's Instagram and people started tagging us in these like really just shitty, like racially targeted videos of just like a bunch of people, whether it's in the US or uh, around the world, of people being extremely racist to like Asians and Asian Americans. I was like, wow, something's happening and it doesn't feel good. What about you, Helen? Do you remember where you were when you first started hearing about it? Yeah, well, I don't remember where I was, but I, I do remember, I was probably at home. I don't know. I was on my phone somewhere <laughs> getting the news like all of you. But I remember hearing uh, news, obviously, about some virus in Wuhan, China. And the fact that they built a hospital in 10 days, I knew that it was incredibly serious mm-hmm. over there. But and and like Mel, like I did not think that it would ever reach us here in the U.S. But I, I didn't take any of it lightly, um, especially when my mom, I think, started sending over WeChat messages about being safe and all these messages that were just circulating amongst her friend group. I was like, huh, I guess this is, you know, a thing. And for some reason, I feel like my mom always finds information first before U.S. media gets to me. But I think what's scary is that we were in SF when I think a lot of it just started building up. And a lot of our friends were texting us, making sure that we were okay. And everyone's eyes were just sort of glued onto their phones. And I think at that time, I kind of trusted the government that they knew what they were doing, which in retrospect, I think we know now that um, our president hid his knowledge of the pandemic and sort of played down the situation. And I think it's scary how much faith we put into our government when we feel helpless, Um, because I definitely felt a little bit just like, I don't know what's going on. And I kind of just have to rely on the government to tell me what to do, right? But I think it also, like, on a grander scale makes me think about the privilege that we do have of like not feeling so helpless it makes me think about the people who do feel helpless on a daily basis and don't feel like they can sort of rely on our government so all in all it's kind of a long answer to just like how i found out about this but um i'm kind of going into like how i'm feeling about this but i think if anything it's it's sort of made me more firm on my stance of putting you know the right people in power and just being more empathetic towards people in society because this shit is scary it is very scary what's going on how about you janet how did you find out about it and um when did you realize the gravity of the situation um so i think like much of the country and much of like you ladies have expressed it wasn't that we weren't taking it seriously but i definitely felt like it was more distant i took it a little bit more lightly in the fact that i thought it would not get to the scale it has and i think i was also a little bit slower to come to some of these than both of you because i'm not necessarily as plugged into social media and I've kind of, like I'm not on Twitter and so I get my information probably a little bit more delayed and because I'm like maybe not as like supremely active on social media a lot of these things like the tagging and some of the viral videos like I kind of have a tendency just close off to it and I tend to be skeptical and kind of think that things are being sensationalized um, this definitely I had many reality checks which I'll talk about later but it's more of a general explanation as to why I think for me it was a very very slow buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, and similar to Helen my mom and my dad watched the Chinese news like almost every day in, in addition to the U.S. news so they often do find out about things before the kind of the U.S. talks about it and when it started developing my mom was like starting to not like freak out but both her and my sister tend to be kind of more reactive and very overly cautious people when it comes to some of this stuff and I think because of that I developed a habit of like I generally if I if people around me are starting to get stressed out or frustrated or anxious my natural response is to like find logical explanations and to like be balanced to like to balance out the panic with calmness Mm -hmm. um and so it took I think you know and even like two weeks ago I think I was uh, sharing with you ladies that my mom sent me home with the coronavirus kit and it wasn't playing it lightly but more like she does this all the time with like earthquake kicks you know like I know Mm -hmm. she was just being or I took it as she's being extra cautious and now I realize like yeah like I'm using some of the items in that kit and that that was like a very heavy situation and that was only like two or three weeks ago yeah Mm -hmm. um and and like Helen was saying, you know, we were in San Francisco when it started to really heavily escalate. And even then, I was still feeling like, oh, it'll be okay. You know, like kind of, yeah, trusting the government. And I think this is partially because, yeah, I have 
the luxury of my day-to-day life not being affected so early on. I have friends with kids who, when they started closing down schools and daycare centers, I was in like text threads with moms who were like, you know, like, what are, what are we doing? Or how are you guys mm-hmm. handling this? And my sister works for the county. So she was like getting like conflicting information at work. So for me, it was just like, I didn't feel it on a day-to-day um, as quickly and it definitely has snowballed which <laughs> I guess we can talk about kind of the when did you realize the gravity of the situation but I'll turn it back to you guys first like yeah when what was like a defining moment when you realized oh shit this is like heavy and serious yeah just to, I guess to answer Janet's question um, so like you guys mentioned we were in the Bay Area and I felt I was feeling the weight and impact of the coronavirus when one when all the events that were up for started getting canceled and so the reason why I actually was up in the Bay Area wasn't just for the events. I was up because it was my dad's 60th birthday that weekend, and I wasn't being with family. I think my mom tends to have a more, I don't want to say carefree attitude compared to your mom's, but like after going through my grandma's death when she had cancer, my mom realized that, you know, sometimes when things happen and when people go, people go, and that's not, I don't want to say that's like her, like, laissez-faire, like, what is that French word where like you kind of are just carefree? She's more like... Not say fair. Yeah, she's kind of like, sort of like that, but... She's also being careful with how she, like, you know, she can sanitize and all that stuff. But since my mom was more carefree, I was like, oh, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. But it wasn't until my mom was planning a dinner was for my dad's birthday and invited my uncle and their family over. And he was like, no, I think we should social distance. And you also know already, like, family gatherings and dinner for a birthday is like a huge thing in Asian, like in an Asian household. So the fact that my uncle said no, because he wanted a social distance, my mom was like, oh, and I was kind of like, oh, something's happening. At that time, my best friends actually didn't even want to hang out with me. And these are people I see when I go back to the Bay Area, because I don't see them a lot. And they're like, Mel, I think it's good that we don't see each other, even though I want to. And I was kind of like, oh, like, okay, like I didn't think it was that big of a deal until multiple people were telling me I don't think it's a good idea. And also at the time, like the number of tags we're getting on ABG for these racially and xenophobic type of videos have increased. And I would watch everything and be like, oh my God, shit's happening to our community. And it just, it's literally sitting, it's like it's sinking in that it's getting worse. I think with that, when I was in Big Sur with my family, I noticed that I would hand sanitize more. And when we go out to eat, I would be so aware when my mom would speak Mandarin because I'm just like, please don't speak Chinese right now because I am so afraid that someone's going to come up to us and say something. And you guys know me. I'm not a confrontational person. So I was like hyper aware when we went to In-N-Out. I felt like people were looking at me and I was just so afraid because that area too isn't extremely diverse. There weren't a lot of Asians there. So I was just like hyper aware of us speaking Chinese and I was like getting paranoid. I guess also to give you guys context for where I'm at today, after coming back from Big Sur and everyone saying, let's not hang out, I actually chose to drive to SF to see my college friends and was going to spend the night. Because I think at that time, it's still like you could still be around, I think, less than 10 people. And my, and my college friend, Sally, her house only has like five people. So I think it was under that that rule. And when I got to SF and parked my car, I checked my phone and I literally got a text from mom saying, you need to come home because SF just is implementing a lockdown at midnight. I was like, oh, shit, because like L.A. hasn't even implemented a lockdown. And SF was, I think, one of the first cities in um, California to implement this. At that time, I started reading more on the news. And after talking to my friends, I realized, you know what, I'm going to actually stay in SF and be part of the lockdown. So I think everything just kind of hit me at once, being in the Bay Area, like dealing with my dad's birthday and like watching all these videos and people texting me about like, hey, I don't think we should hang out and just be careful that I was like taking this much more seriously than I was originally. Um, Janet, how about you? So to be completely transparent, I feel like I felt a huge shift in the gravity of the situation only in the last like 24 hours. So this Mm -hmm. is like day six of LA where, you know, and it was, this is just last night is when the governor of California announced the stay at home like order statewide. So I feel like it's a little bit lighter and I could talk about it now. But uh, yesterday I had three different phone calls that really, really shifted my perspective. One is a really close friend of mine who is, we're in different states right now and we've been G-chatting and I know that she's been kind of not feeling well the last like week and a half or so, but I didn't really want to ask anything specifically. She's now healing and she's a lot better. Her like sickness never got to a point where she needed to go to the doctor, but she thinks that she probably did, was like struggling with some strain of the virus 
And uh, she's young and she's healthy and she's fine now. And she pretty much was like self-quarantining. But I think that was a big reality check for me that there are a lot of people that we know personally who are probably going to contract this or, you know, show show symptoms. And I had a moment where I was like, okay, because of all this elevation of social anxiety, I initially reacted with like fear mm-hmm. and like scared, <laughs> being scared. Yeah. And she was just so calm about it. And she, you know, had studied upon the facts and like all of that. That was really intense for me. <laughs> The second phone call I had was with my sister, who I mentioned before. She's an eligibility technician for the social services agency in Orange County. And basically her job entails processing all of the constant information that's coming from the government because it's directly related to like Medi-Cal and Medicare. And she's also up until like the beginning of this week still had to interact with clients. And a lot of her clients are like homeless people, sometimes not mentally well. Um, someone actually came into the office uh, last week claiming that they they were you know struggling with the virus and she's been inundated with all this information on like you know a minute by minute basis so I think having a phone conversation with her she was just so hyper aware and anxious but also like coming from an informed place because of the information she had she had very specific concerns with like my parents and with the older like relatives that we have and it was a big big reality check for me because we were starting to have very personal conversations about how we should approach this with our parents because we both uh she's like 10 minutes away from from them and I you know am in LA about an hour out And we typically visit like on a weekly basis and that doesn't, you know, like general best practices that everyone's saying now you have to social distance and especially the elderly over 65 are most high risk. But then there's this like cultural aspect that we have of when things like this happen as a family, you band together. So even when I came back from San Francisco, my my parents were like kind of asking me like, hey, we're healthy, we're fine. I'm sure you're okay to just come home and we'll deal with this together. Mm. And I had to kind of make that decision of like, you know, okay, I'm reading things that are saying that's probably not a good idea. But then also I trust, I know that my dad is very well informed and he's very reasonable, but he's probably also kind of coming from an emotional place of just rather me coming home. And so my sister and I were like kind of having this debate, like she's like, I don't know, should I actually... I want to like help like visit them, but then maybe I shouldn't like, I'm going to go pick up stuff for them. Should I just like leave it at the door and not like interact with them? So yeah, those two phone calls were really heavy for me and I will get into the third one later. Can I just say that, um, uh, Janet and I live on the same block and Janet was so cute. She like came over to my, uh, condo to drop off the mics and she literally put it on the floor and just walked away. And I was like, Janet! (laughs) Well, dude, it was because, like, I go to the lobby and they have, like, your doorman is wearing gloves. He's behind the desk. He has, he's sandwiched between two signs that say, please stay six feet away. Right, yeah. And then there's another sign at the door that says, food delivery services only. Yeah. Meet here. And And I was talking to him. And he's like, oh, and I was almost like, shit, do I have to pretend I'm like delivering like Uber Eats to get in? Like, I don't know. And then when I was like, oh, could I just leave this for her? And then he's like, no, 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 no. we can't. You can't just like leave things here. And I was like, oh. but it's just a microphone. <laughs> no, I think it's it's very smart. Like we we should not be, we should definitely be keeping our distance. Um, I just thought yes. it was really cute how you did it. You just like put it on the ground. Like, I'm sorry, I can't give this yeah. to you. And then she just like backed away. <laughs> But yes, very. Yeah, but in Janet's defense, the bag she dropped it off, so I saw Helen's story. It looks like a takeout bag. A takeout bag. It does. Yeah, actually, I felt good with, and I made. I actually had the thought when I was finding a bag for this because I was going to reach for a plastic bag, but then I was like, I think it lives on plastic services longer, mm-hmm. even though the whole mic itself is a lot of plastic. So I don't know how you know <laughs> whatever that is, but I just want to check in. Like, how are you guys feeling overall about this? I mean, I think I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty anxious. I had some major life events that happened this past week that didn't really get like the celebratory feel maybe it deserved. Mm. So I think there is for me just a lot of minimizing my own life experiences that I know we're all sort of forced to do at this time. But I think it it makes me feel like really small and kind of helpless. And kind of like, what is the purpose in life? Like, we're just bags of fluid that are highly susceptible to viruses. And we're just like a speck of dust in this galaxy anyway. <laughs> Super freaking morbid. But like, I think, I, think it's, I think it's important to acknowledge that there um, are a lot of people that are going through really difficult times of just just trying to get get through this and I'm definitely um one of those people feeling that I know this week was so special for you and I wish we could celebrate with you like in person and yeah and also in better circumstances and we will when we can resume you know seeing each other face to face so 
do not worry. We will have a belated celebration, but we're incredibly happy for you and incredibly proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. But other than that, I think I'm also just feeling um, very anxious for others because uh, like you ladies have been mentioning this whole racism thing that's been going on. I do feel that even after COVID-19 dies down, Mm. the level of racism that we're going to feel is going to last us for a while. And Trump is pissing me off because he constantly calls it the Chinese virus or even the Kung flu, despite that not being its official name. And even when reporters are telling him that his rhetoric is harmful to the Asian community, not just the Chinese community, he'll say things like, I think they probably would agree with it 100%. Like, no, we do not. What I'm feeling is that I'm fearful for my grandparents, my aunt, my mom, my dad walking down the street mm-hmm. to pick up their essentials. And I want to protect them, but I can't. And it's this like nasty language that is only going to open the doors for continued hate against Asians. Um, this past week i had to go into an office building to pick up something i had someone from another office on the same floor slam the door in my face and it was the middle of the day there had been other people already walking in and out it wasn't too heavy traffic but there had been other people coming in and out and i'm pretty sure that slam was targeted towards me so it's a very scary time uh to live right now if not for fear of contracting the virus but i think even more so for me just this feeling of like racism that's going to be running rampant how about you mel what helen said about the racism is definitely something that feeds into my paranoia because i feel like sometimes like i see my parents there's a sense of like they don't understand where this racism is coming from it's like it's a, it's a sense of innocence they have yeah you don't know how to tell them like when i was in big Star, i was like mom you speak perfectly good english we could probably avoid any kind of confrontation if you just chose to speak English. Like, you always usually do with me. So just, like, paranoia is definitely building in me. But I actually broke down my feelings into, like, three different buckets. Um, The first one was guilt. And this is kind of off-topic, but I feel guilty towards my parents, actually, because even though I'm afraid for them and I want to protect them, I was in SF for almost, like, four or five days with them, living with them at our house. When my mom messaged me when I arrived in SF to come home, my first thought was, I can't live another day in my house with my parents because I will dra- I will literally go insane. And I don't know if other people feel this way, but one realization I'm starting to have these last years is that I can't stay at home for too long because it's starting to drive me crazy. And it's because I, I do love my family and my mom is amazing, but my mom and I are way too similar. And she literally, like any Asian parent, she starts nagging me constantly when I'm with her 24-7. Like, you should do this, you should eat that. that like All this stuff just starts kind of like weighing on me. And for someone that's been living on their own for about 10 years and has grown their own customs and routine, it's really hard for me to have someone else tell me what to do. And so at the time when SF put in their lockdown, it was like, I think four to five days already that I've been with my family, my parents. And and being in my own house, I was like, I can't stay here any longer because I know I'll become very toxic and I don't want to be that person. So me choosing to stay in San Francisco, I felt like a lot of guilt towards my mom. And I felt like a shitty daughter, you know, it's like, she probably just like 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 Janet like like what your parents said like they just want they want they want to protect you from everything they want you to be home too, but for me I'm like I can't I really can't be here around you because I literally will turn to someone that you don't want and so for me I was dealing with guilt, initially and the next feeling I got was paranoia and confusion paranoia because like obviously with the whole races like the racist stuff going on and. You know, I was talking to you ladies, obviously, like everyone knows now I'm in San Francisco, I'm not in Los Angeles. Like I'm paranoid because I do want to go back to LA because that is where my home is, where my, I'm comfortable. But at the same time, I don't know the appropriate way to travel back and I'm scared I'll affect someone or be infected by the coronavirus. And I'm also confused because like, you know, you guys know me, I like to ask advice from like everyone, like from you guys, my friends, my family, and I'm getting thrown so many different opinions. I don't know which is the right way to go about it. And I am reading the news. I'm like trying to update myself on the travel and airport and just everything. I literally Google like car rentals to see how much that would cost to just drive down by myself and like return a car. And also thinking about like, should I just stay in San Francisco? And like just all these thoughts are going in my head. I just don't know what to do. And I'm paranoid of, I guess, wrong answer. But at the same time, like in light of like all these like negative, more negative feelings, I guess. I think overall, like I'm actually pretty, I feel fortunate. Like Helen mentioned, like I think we are lucky and privileged to not have to be on the front lines of things. We have resources compared compared to a lot of other people in different countries. And for me, like I'm actually on lockdown with three friends who actually are on the same schedule from working from home and around the same age. So like it has made the situation a little bit more livable for me. 
Like I have people to socialize with. So I do feel like it's really easy for me to feel paranoid. And I feel that almost every single day. And I'll message you guys and be like, I don't know what to do. But I think having moments where I can have like my friends and laugh from time to time has alleviated the feeling of paranoia when it can. One of the big differences within the three of our experiences is that you are like stuck in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. which is you. I'm very thankful that you have your friends and you know, you're from the Bay Area. So it's not like you're in a foreign place that you travel to. But at the same time, your home is in L.A. And the, both of us were able to return back to some somewhat of a familiar sanctuary type setting. And you're up there and it's kind of this, I, I feel like that heightens the like uncertainty when things feel really indefinite. And I know mm-hmm. you're also feeling like heavy amounts of like guilt and anxiousness about being present for ABG because then because at first we were like oh we'll take this if we're all like kind of we initially thought quarantine was like we could just be together as like a team and three people and we would just work together yeah and then realizing now the severity of it where people are saying no you really should social distance as an individual mm-hmm. and you're like well do I need okay should I come back to LA like should I don't want to go to the airport should I rent a car yeah you know I think your experience of this has been I can see how it's a lot more of a roller coaster yeah and it's interesting because when we were and I was weighing out the possibilities or the options like oh should I go home now or what do I do the first thing that popped into my head was you two actually and I was like ABG literally is my priority right now and, and of course it's my help but like when I think of anything like everything else aside like you guys are my priority in terms of like I don't want to infect you two or like just put you in like a I don't know I just, I'm just being extra cautious so like your opinion really matters to me so when I was asking guys like what should I do like should I should I wait it out? Whatever. But you guys have been extremely understanding of everything. And like, you're like, no, you guys stay in SF. So like, I think through all this craziness, you guys have been very solid and consistent. So I really appreciate that. But yeah, thank you. Thanks, Mel. No, I think it's important. Like you were, you were saying, like ABG, sure, it's like a, it's something that we want to build and grow, obviously. But health is absolutely, absolutely the most important thing that we need to take care of. Because if you don't have that, then you can't build ABG, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we for sure. And that's what Helen said. And I really appreciate it. But so thanks. For sure. Um, Janet, how about you? Like, how are you feeling about everything? So Mel, I can definitely relate to your, uh, the thought of, you know, fuck, am I a bad daughter? Because that thought has definitely come into my mind multiple times this week. Um, You know, like we were saying that we are hearing all on the news that you should be social distancing and um, especially to not be visiting the elders as much. And then I have my parents kind of calling me and then, and yeah, within Asian families, culturally, it's very prevalent to have this value system of like prioritizing the family. And when things get hard or challenging, you band together, right? So it's almost as if like, hey, if you were sick, I want to be there to take care of you. I don't care. It's like, it's us against the world kind of feeling. And um you know, I think there's, because of that, then I have this conflict of like, well, if I listen to them and what the right thing to do culturally is, I disobey what is, I know, kind of like health-wise the, the best thing to do. But if I do the thing that's like health-wise the best thing to do, then I conflict with like culturally or like what they, fe- how they're feeling and reacting to the situation. So just not feeling like there's a right thing that I can do is really frustrating. Being in, of, you know, Chinese culture and Asian culture in general, kind of obedience to your parents is a very high value. It's something that just almost comes so naturally for me. Yeah. And so that's been, yeah, a lot of the back and forth of, you know, strange feelings. And to add to that also, um, it's interesting that when I spoke with my dad, like, I think when they say that the perspective that the elders people are more at risk, he has the opposite opinion where he thinks that, you know, this sounds a little morbid, but he's like, for older people, if you know if we we've lived our life or whatever so but it's for the younger people if you become infected even though people are recovering they don't know the long-term effects of of contracting something like this Mm -hmm. and i don't want to spread you know any because there's no no research or anything but that is that's a thought that some people might have had right and that's a thought that for him he's automatically thinking of me and my sister like my mom and him Mm -hmm. when they're hearing all these rules they're thinking about are you guys okay? What's happening with you? And then my sister and I are the reverse. We're constantly thinking about our parents and like, how are they keeping safe and all this stuff? So it's just, it's very hard to like interpret. I guess it's like they, you know, the government can give you best practices and rules, but every person's going to interpret it differently. And especially when different cultures come into play, it gets super confusing. Well, it sounds like you're, you're all just very selfless human beings. Like you just want to make sure that, you know, the younger generation and the older generation are, are doing well. Yeah. Although there's a part of me that feels like maybe the government shouldn't have said that younger people are not susceptible to contracting the virus because freaking Florida spring break, like all of this stuff just does not make any sense to me. It's crazy. 
Um, but in any case, I think, yeah, what you're saying, Janet, our family cares about us very deeply. And that's something that we are now seeing also as like, I'm glad I have that support system too. Yeah. Asian Boss Girl is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is offering classes, content, and community workshops so we can all feel a little more connected to ourselves and each other. Take this time to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. During this time of social distancing and staying at home, what is equally important is building in routines, particularly for wellness and health. With Skillshare, you can look up a wide variety of classes like creating a perfect morning routine or meditating for beginners. Or spend your time learning new skills with classes like Drawing for Personal Growth, Five Exercises for Self-Discovery, Visual Journaling, Drawing Your Feelings, and Style Your Space, Creative Tips and Techniques for Interior Design. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get two free months of premium membership. That's right, Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. Head to Skillshare.com ABG. All right, so during the time of the crisis, who do you guys usually turn to and what was that interaction like? Well, I've been really lucky to have um, Philip at home, my fiance. I think we're both so busy in our day-to-day that we actually don't have a lot of time to just be together. So it's nice for us to finally find some time to just be at home doing home workouts and watching BoJack Horseman. (laughs) You guys watch that show? It is so good. It is so dark but so good. I still have to check it out. We, yeah, yeah. I heard good things about it from you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been good that we've had like time at home. Um, but the people I, I also turn to, my family is in Boston or um, my nuclear family, my mom, my sister, my dad. Um, but my family locally here in LA, my mom's is my mom's side of the family. So her parents and her sisters and my cousins. And I guess I had one like cute moment where um, I brought my aunt and grandparents food and my aunt texted me because my my grandpa's like really old. He's almost 90 years old and he's susceptible to pneumonia. So she texted me and she was like, if you come, don't go to visit grandpa because I have to very, very protect of him. Do not let anyone in and do not let him out. Please understand. I will let him tell him no. I'm reading the message. <laughs> Tell him no, that you're bringing things and he should happen. You think of him. He, he, he should be happy that you're thinking of him. Um, and Aww. it was it's, it's tough because she's taking care of her husband and two kids and my grandparents, which I think just like as a, a PSA to people out there too, I think I think we need to stop shaming people who might actually need a lot of materials at grocery stores mm-hmm. because they have to take care of a big family. Obviously, don't hoard. Hoarding mentality is terrible. Um, but also, be, don't be so negative towards people because you don't know their situations. They might be different from, you know, your own. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. The moment of, like, me trading things with her, like, I brought her five rolls of toilet paper, which is all I could get. Um, and then I picked up some things from the grocery store, like pears and butter cookies and some vegetables. And she gave me soup um, and liang cha, which is a like cooling tea when you're eat hay, which is like when Ooh. you're he- mm. you have a lot of heat in your body. Um, so she made some at home, and she got me some chocolate covered almonds and Clorox wipes, which we don't have any of at home. So it was kind of just a nice moment of showing that we we cared for each other and that we were thinking of each other. Mm. Um, and we also just kind of like dropped it on the ground and like walked away. <laughs> did the thing where you did to me Social earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Aww, that's super. That's super sweet. But yeah, actually, you made a really good point about the uh, the shaming of people getting lots of supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know any person's situation, um, so definitely just be kind to each other. How about you, ladies? Who do you turn to in moments of crisis like this? I think moments like this, and I think choosing to stay in San Francisco, like my friends here have been so welcoming of me. Like, I definitely turn to my friends. I think the fact that we're all similar in age and similar in schedule is that it's, it feels, like, very comforting to have someone that understands my thought process and my schedule. And it's just so cute because literally they have an empty room right now because I think someone's going to move in. I don't know when. They literally built a room for me in their house. So I have a room now in this in this San Francisco house. And they, like, bought, like, a 
It's, it was so funny. Like, I think one afternoon, I was like, oh, do you have, they're like, oh, we have a blow-up bed. They brought in a blow-up bed, and all of a sudden, like, all three of them came following me and, like, brought in, like, a bookshelf, a plant, and, like, Sally, my roommate from college, brought in her record player, and I was like, oh, my God, they literally built a room, and it was just, like, super cute, and it's it, it was I really nice. It was really, really sweet. It's yeah. super cute, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing, because, like, and they're also entertaining me a lot, because uh, one of the girls, Jen, um, she has a background in event planning, so I looked over at her. We're all doing our, our work. So she's an event planner at Twitch, and I looked over at her, and she literally, like, I don't know if you guys follow Jonathan Vaness from Queer Eye, but he's also, I think, locked in lockdown. He, like, made this, like, cardboard television and started this television show with his kitty cats. So I looked over at Jen, and she was like, look, I made a TV. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? So, like, they're definitely entertaining me as I'm here, so they have been really great, and... Honestly, like, even you two, like, having our daily conversations in the morning, it's, like, a good reset or, like, a good start to my day. It's nice to have something to start your day off with every day. It's, it's like, being a type A person, it's something to look forward to and you know that you can control this. And that sounds really weird. But mm. I'm also very appreciative of our our friendship, too. And that's true. I think, Mel, for your personality type, because you do – I think you like social interaction and you do like structure. Yeah. That is – those are two things that are probably – providing you a lot of groundedness in this like super uncertain time yeah because I think sometimes I wonder if I if I were like isolated because even though I am becoming more introverted I'm still an extrovert at heart and so if I was alone or isolated I think I'd be sad yeah but having people who are like really just silly around me it's been really fun how about you Janet I'm glad we are not in different places because I I am I live by myself and I'm kind of like isolated but to me I haven't felt like um like I've I've done a lot of like solo trips and I've spent weeks at a time Maybe not weeks at a time, but uh, without any social interaction. But I'm I'm used to living by myself. As long as yeah. I, I think to having the video chats and phone calls like is critical. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but yeah. otherwise, yeah, like for this setup, setup, I'm okay. But if we were to be switched places, I think I would actually start getting really antsy if I had to be in the same home with like three people for a really long time. Same, mm-hmm. actually, so, same. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think I'm, I'd rather I'm over, be alone. I'm over the roommate period of my <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Janet, yeah, how how have like how have you been? Because you you live on the same block as me, but obviously we haven't been seeing each other um, yeah. until today. But I'm I'm always like, Philip, should we invite Janet over for like dinner or something, or should we like Aww. bring her like matcha or 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 food? I don't know if you have enough food. <laughs> it's like, funny, and Janet Janet's how, gonna be like, yeah. uh, get away, like stay away from me. No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 that's super sweet. Um, to be honest, like. Today and yesterday are a lot better. I spent the first like three days when we came back from SF, like Sunday through Tuesday in like a haze. I think I kind of needed to go through that period. Uh, and I can talk about kind of later some of the positives from this experience of like more self-awareness. But uh, but generally, yes, I appreciate. I appreciate the, the thinking. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I think that each of our living situations kind of um, we are – we are lucky that it kind of accommodates our personality. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I, I look at Philip and I'll be like, thank you for being here. <laughs> or else I just feel like I would go um, a little crazy. But let's go back real quick to the question that both Mel and, and I had answered to about like, who do you, who do you turn to in these moments of crisis? I mean, you're alone in your home, but you you mentioned like the video chatting and, and messaging yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yesterday I talked about having three critical phone calls that really shifted my perspective. Um, I talked about the first two with my friend and my sister that really just, I think for me, were hitting home the levity of the situation. The the third phone call uh, was with my dad. He's someone whose judgment I've come to realize that I really rely on. And I think a lot of that is because we're very similar in how we tend to process information. Mm. We're both people that kind of like in urgent situations, we react very pragmatically. We focus on what needs to be done, what problem needs to be solved. And we don't really process our emotions. We kind of just like run on adrenaline um, or like focus on, on actions. Um, and then only after a period of time do we understand kind of what we're feeling. And it's not to say that we're not feeling the whole time, but we just don't process it until later. And so up until yesterday, all of my phone conversations with my dad were very much like him saying, hey, things are serious, but there's no need to panic. You know, mm-hmm. everything's still fine. He felt in control. Yesterday was the first time where the first thing that he said when he picked up the phone was, oh, we really messed up and I feel like we really underestimated and as a family we should have gotten like face masks or we should have you know and he just kind of said it was it not for me and mommy but for you and Patricia you guys are like out and you're and you're interacting with people and he had this very like apologetic tone with which he said that that was almost like saying like 
you know, like I'm failing at my job as the head caretaker of the family. Mm. And I think that speaks to kind of this like cultural value of like familial piety Mm. where, you know, in urgent situations like this, like that we have a, yeah, that the heads of the households, even though like in in American culture, where like the elders are people that we should be taking care of. Like he still kind of maintains this ideology that he should be leading the home. Mm. We're fine. And, you know, like we are texting and everything is okay. But to me, that was like a very real, like a moment of realization. A, that he is someone that I turn to in moments of crisis. And B, that he kind of still holds that mentality with the family. Mm. I I would react very emotionally to that statement because it's really rare to hear a parent come off and apologize, not apologize, but like acknowledge what they've done, whether it's a mistake or not. I see why you and Patty are so protective too, because I feel like you also feel like the head of the household because mm-hmm. you're very similar to your dad, right? Yeah, that's a very, it's a very good observation. I think I, it's a little bit of like eldest child yeah. thing. I think you generally just, um, almost regardless of culture at times, you feel kind of like more responsible for, for the whole, yeah. I guess for me, it's like after he said that, like, was it more like, oh, after he said that, I realized my dad is someone that I go to for advice or before that, you already knew that? I kind of was already sensing it. And maybe that story was more like it was, yeah, to showcase for me a really touching moment. Um, but also... It was like one of those things where I, it was revealing to me that he was starting to feel his emotions too, right? So us Mm. being kind of these people that process very pragmatically and he's starting to like, to feel it. And my dad and I have actually had a lot of conversations that happen like this where we, it starts out very logical and we're like trying to make sure each other like understands or informs something. And then suddenly like our voices are getting elevated and then suddenly we're like kind of in a heated argument. And then we realize that like, it is nothing to do about the thing we're actually talking about. It's just because we're feeling anxious and we're, we're like kind of, mm. it's coming out that way. I mean, that wasn't an explanation of that situation, but I think it was a reflection of like personality types. Um, and then for me also like, yeah, like an, another understanding of the gravity of the situation when someone that you really rely on in terms of like their judgment mm. um, mm-hmm. is starting to re- to feel like uncertain about a situation, right? Oof. Is that, yeah. is that why you said like only within the past 24 hours did you actually start feeling like the severity of it after that phone call with your dad? Then? Yeah. 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 I think it was it was with my dad, with my sister, and then with my friend. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, I think having the governor make that official order statement. Um, and I know that there's probably going to be some leeway and flexibility in how it's actually implemented or how people will practice it. But I was just like reading on the website the directives. And like it literally, I was like, oh my God, like you're like not supposed to leave your home. And it, the heaviness of that hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also his closing statement, he deliberately addressed the xenophobia and the racism that's been happening in California. Like that was how he ended his speech. And to me, even though we're seeing it on social media and all these things, like I said, I'm just not as plugged in in that, in that way. And I think that hearing a person of like official power of, of official power in that, in that way, and in a more traditional like media format address it made it just so, so real to me. It's definitely not something to take lightly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To my mind, it's also like if it's making its way up to him to address, Mm -hmm. that means that it's not just that like a couple of cases, but it's like enough cases of things happening that it's really not that it needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Right. Are your are your parents um, aware of that too? Like, are you making sure that they are aware of it too? Yeah, I think the thing is like my parent, like in Orange County, I think oftentimes my dynamic with them growing up has been they're pretty aware of like the unspoken racism I guess I think because my mom's also quite sensitive Mm -hmm. to it and so I've almost kind of playing the um the or the way to react to that for me has always been kind of like trying to calm them out like you shouldn't like that's being a little paranoid it's okay you know Mm -hmm. um and so I I think they already err on kind of being very very cautious but also they're in they're in a place in Orange County where I feel like it's it's pretty safe and my sister's also close by I don't know that any like intense hate crimes are happening in their neighborhood so I think that's okay but I know that they're also ultra aware and that most likely they're watching the news from all ends um, Mm -hmm. and hearing the stories have you ladies gotten like bored yet I feel like I have not gotten bored and I keep hearing a lot of people saying like oh my gosh I don't know what to do I'm stuck at home and I'm so bored I feel like there's so much that you can finally do right 
I don't feel bored at all, to be honest. I feel like there's not enough time for me to do the things I want to do. Like, even, like, doing things for ABG, I'm like, I thought it would take me an hour to do. It took me, like, three hours to do. I'm like, oh, wait. Like, so naturally, like, my day-to-day has been, like, by the time it's dinner time, I'm like, wait, it's already dinner? Like, there's so many things I want to do that I haven't got to do yet. Yeah. I totally agree. I feel like I make like a to-do list Mm -hmm. and yeah, things are taking longer than expected. Also because just like if you want to do personal errands, that's taking longer than expected now as well, right? Just because systems are changing. So I definitely have not gotten bored. I think I've probably more experienced just like I feel like the day passes and I'm like, I was just staring at my computer screen. Like what was I doing? Mm -hmm. So it's more kind of being aware that like, hey, I need to, because now there's no reason to break up your day to have to like you know, meet other people for lunch or like to go and take that yoga class or whatever it is. So I have to like implement Mm -hmm. time to like start a new activity or move from the place that I'm sitting. Mm -hmm. I think what it also kind of maybe says to us is that I feel like if you're bored, that means you're not really having an an intention behind what you're doing. But if you're like intentionally trying to like watch Netflix to like catch up on, to be part of like, like social conversation and all that, it's like, there's an intention behind it. So it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you're just like mindlessly doing these things. And I think that's when it leads to boredom, but even like, I don't know, like cleaning out your closet or journaling or organizing your cabinets cleaning deep cleaning your kitchen like these are all things that take so much time i'm just like these are things that personally i want to do and i'm just like oh haven't found the time to do it yet and people are like i'm bored i'm like come over here clean my kitchen (laughs) yeah actually that's a good tip it means that like whatever activity you're doing just do it with intention right Mm -hmm. like because sometimes i think people might feel guilty they're like oh my god i just binge just a season of this on netflix well but did you do it for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's a reason to it, then yeah, you don't have to feel bad about it, I guess. Yeah, like for me, I totally am spending more time reading. I'm like, I'm so happy to like have time to read. And I actually signed up for Duolingo. So I'm trying to learn a different language. Oh. What language are you learning? Wait, let me guess, let me guess. Korean? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I think naturally I consume so much like Korean content. It makes sense for me just to learn Korean. So yeah, there are some days I'm just like, oh, that like, oh, I want to spend more time learning Korean, but I'm like, then I'm doing these other things. So I think this is a great chance for you guys to like find an activity you guys always wanted to do and just spend some time doing that. I agree. Yeah. And I think along the same lines, even though all of this is incredibly scary, all of us are anxious about it. We don't know when it's going to end. Um, there is some positive that we can see coming from it. And personally, just taking the time to do the things that the things at the bottom of our checklist that has always been there in our like reminders on our iPhones that we just like have never crossed out. This is like finally the chance to to get to do that. What other positive things are you ladies noticing? See, I don't know if this is a positive thing, Janet. I wanna, let me know if you have this thought too, but I recently changed my dating location to San Francisco just to see what's out there. And a part of me is like, you know, I'm someone that doesn't like to actually go out all the time to meet someone because I, I'm just lazy and I like prefer to be by myself. And part of me is like, do I actually, would I be open to like a FaceTime date? I've had the opposite experience in LA or wow. maybe just because I, I personally have just, I considered like deleting my apps mm. just because at this point I'm like, yeah, we're barely talking. We're not going to meet up, but you make a good point. Maybe this is a good time to move it to a virtual uh, in-person meeting. Um, which is something I was trying to implement even before this, right? To instead of moving straight to an in-person to have some in-between like phone call or FaceTime. So this might be, might be a good time to do that. I don't know. Have you tried it yet, Mel? (laughs) No. So I just thought about this because it's so funny. So I feel like with Helen and Phil, like, you know, with social distancing and they live together, like they're going to spending more time together. And I thought about like, it's like a pro and con. Like you hear the news articles saying like people are getting divorces in China because Mm. like they've been locked down together, but at the same time for couples who don't get to spend enough time time together it's really nice to get this time and Parney is wondering like love is blind like from the show like will this actually bring about better quality relationships versus just like meeting in person and drinking you know mm. and funny story I maybe mean, it's not that funny but <laughs> so i was on instagram because everyone's on social media nowadays and i literally was i reacted to someone's instagram story i thinking that it was our friend eric i like sent heart emoji eyes to like this dinner and i was like oh so good Little did I know, I accidentally sent it to my ex that I did in college. And I was like, no, <laughs> like it was not Eric. And I was like, crap. Like, and then he started to have this conversation with me and I could tell he just wants to keep talking. I'm just like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like, I don't want to build a relationship with you anymore. Like, that's definitely not what it is. 
Like, it just kind of, like, this awkward situation that came about because, like, slipping my finger, social distancing, and, like, just thinking about dating in general, I'm like, oh, awkward scenario that came does, out of this. Um, does your ex listen to ABG? <laughs> I don't know, and if he does, I am so sorry, but I don't... <laughs> you're great. I just don't see you that way. Ouch. And, like, I... Yeah. COVID and like, Mel turning you down. No, it just... <laughs> it just, you know, like... I don't know. It's okay. It was a it was an honest mistake. How are you gonna end that um, conversation? Unless I mean, he's gonna hear it on here if he listens. But how are you gonna end it via your DM? See, it's hard because I feel like you know back when you used to work and go to like the office, your ex is like, "I'm sorry, I got really busy. I didn't. I I just I didn't check my phone." That's a bullshit response now because everyone's on their phone. So I'm just kind of <laughs> like. Um, I'll just leave it unread. Yeah, I saw this like meme or something about how people are like, you usually you are able to end a phone call or like a video chat with like, hey, I got to run. And they're like, now I, I caught myself saying that, and I was like, oh shit, I'm no, I have nowhere to run to. Yeah. I can't use that excuse anymore. No, you're right. This is funny. This is funny stuff. No. Damn, Mel, you are in a in a pickle. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also funny. Speaking of memes, one that actually like that came up on my Instagram or tw- I was on Twitter. Someone goes living with your spouse, and you hear like their their work voice. It's like, damn, I didn't know you you said let's circle uh, back. Like, who's this man I'm talking to? Yeah, yeah. that was so funny. Actually, Philip and I did get into an argument, and I think it's fun to share this stuff. Um, but we got into an argument because you know how like we're like constantly just glued to our phones and like on Twitter, listening to all the news, our friends texting us, our parents texting us through WeChat and all this stuff. So like we're constantly on our phones, and there was this moment where Philip was just like. Okay, let's get off our phones. And I had not reached the top of my Twitter feed yet. So I was like, no, I'm not ready to yet. And then he got like so mad at me. And I was just like, what the heck? We've been doing this for hours. And all of a sudden you decide, like when you decide that you want to, you know, get off your phone, then I have to. And um, we got into like an argument that night, went to sleep, like annoyed at each other. (laughs) And then the next day it happened again um, where he said, okay, we need to get off our phones. Because like sometimes you just like wake up from your phone and you're like, shit, we need to stop doing yeah we need to stop scrolling and feeding us all of this like negative news um so he was doing that again and i just started laughing because i was like bro this is something that you do stop telling me what to do on your timeline because i need i need Mm. like another 10 minutes and it became like a a funny thing that now i and he realizes that it's something that he does so now we can like laugh about it but it's like mel you were saying you're building more like quality relationships by seeing things that maybe during normal Mm -hmm. quote-unquote times doesn't happen as often so it's like it's interesting. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I like how you're like, bro, bruh, you do the same <laughs> Dude, let me scroll. <laughs> that pretty much explains our current state of, you know, being on lockdown. Helen um, and Phil fighting about screen time and saying, bruh. Actually, I'm going to, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Look on your phones. Let me know what your screen time says. Your average daily screen time this week. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'm pretty embarrassed by mine. I'll say it. Ready? Seven hours, seven hours and 16 minutes. <laughs> Mine, mine's probably, mine's pretty close-ish. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, and it's down from last week. So last week was even higher. Is but it? My daily average is six hours and 27 minutes. Oh, shit. Okay. Dude, okay, we're on a Zoom right now and Mel's face is like, <gasps> You know <laughs> why? I'm shocked because I'm the one that is, I work in social media. So you assume that I'd be on it the most, but you too. Wow. My my daily average is five hour and fifteen minutes, and has been forty percent down from last week. But here's here's my theory. You know why? Because I'm surrounded by my friends, so I'm hanging out with them more than being on my phone. Mm, That's a good point. So you know, in your defense for you two, because you know you have less people in your house. Janet has one. Helen has (laughs) Phil. It just you know makes sense. Anyway, that's just a fun thing to um, look fun at, fact. I guess, for <laughs> yeah, for all of you listeners out there, too. Check your screen time. Check how much time you're spending scrolling on your phone. <laughs> Apparently, I'm scrolling a lot. So maybe Phil has a right to tell me to stop. <laughs> you know, it's also really funny that I was really enjoying people or have been doing it. So, so we posted on like our Instagram, like, this is our like working from home attire. Literally, it's just all of us in like PJs and like a, like a bun. And people have been tagging us, sharing their, like, work-from-home outfits, and it's been really entertaining for me to see. At, at the SF house, we usually, like, work during the day, and then we have, like, we share meals together, and we, like, commute, we, like, rotate cooking. 
and at night we always like binge watch shows for like three hours and as we're, as we were binge watching all of us were shopping and i was like i realized the stuff i'm trying to purchase now they're all loungewear like mm-hmm. oh look at that like cute little like sweater outfit or look at that uh stretchy pant i'm like what am i doing now like it's very different than how my behavior was like before i know mm-hmm. i feel like just this past year i've definitely transitioned from like tighter clothing to just like comfortable clothing mm-hmm. something i could just like sleep in and walk in athleisure i mean athleisure market has like picked up like crazy i've actually started i tried uh, last night for the first time doing at home yoga um so helen and i were going to classes pretty regularly before but then they shut down the studio um and i don't know helen if you got the email but they have a little link that you can sign in and they have like a couple of um like 30 minute or one hour videos and some of the oh, no i didn't yeah so you should like they have um it's not the same because you're not in a heated room but they'll do like the same routine and they have ones that are focused more on like stretching and ex- expansion and others that are more like maybe arm focused and even some of the uh, like the weight ones. Mm. That was my fun little activity last night was uh, getting into a headstand, which I actually learned um, is helpful for boosting your mood because when you it's not just a headstand, but if you go into any type of inversion, um, I don't know if this is good advice, but maybe if you just like lay on your bed and put your head over your bed and, it, <laughs> and the blood rushes, <laughs> but you're going to break yeah. someone's neck. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't want to get into like a headstand, but either way, an inversion, uh, basically it increases the flow of blood to your brain and then that stimulates the production of like serotonin, some of those hormones that are actually good for balancing your mood. So if you get antsy, maybe just go against the wall and use the wall to assist you and go upside down for like a little bit. Don't go for too long and then get like lightheaded, but that when you come back up, you'll feel a little bit more like better. Oh, interesting. And then send us your photos yeah. of you doing that. Yeah, send Please. us photos of, of your version of an inversion. Oh. <laughs> oh, version of inversion. I kind of like that. Okay, so, you know, obviously we talked about like little things we're doing to like keep ourselves busy. And obviously all three of us are not bored, it sounds like. Uh, are there any ways you guys are protecting yourselves? Like, obviously, we have to go to the grocery store. Janet is keeping a very fair distance from Helen and dropping things off in a paper bag. Looks like <laughs> anything else you guys are doing? Like, are you guys like vacuuming more or are you using disinfectant wipes? I mean, I think all of us are like on the hand sanitizer and Clorox wipe game. Um, social distancing very important. And then something that I I noticed I think might be a, like a good maybe tip for people like our phones are so dirty. Yes. Yeah. Something that I had done even prior to this is like after I come out of the shower in the shower I use face wash, um, and then after I come out of the shower I take a cotton pad and I use toner. So I use the Sun and Park toner, and I wipe off like the remainder of my makeup on one side of the cotton pad, but I'll use the other side to wipe off my phone, mm. and it's just like habit that I do that because there's some like crazy good cleansing properties in toner if it takes off like the rest of your makeup. So I use that to clean the other side of my phone. I know we're all trying to like sanitize and make sure that we're Cloroxing everything, but sometimes we forget Mm -hmm. about our phone. And that's just like a good moment, especially if you bring your phone into bed, that your phone is also clean with you as it comes into bed. That's a great point. I'm pretty intensely social distancing right now. And like I leave my apartment maybe like once a day. And the one time that I will do that, whenever I come home, I will, I've now started disinfecting my phone. Um, But I've also started, I don't know if this is helpful, but I will have like a, an outfit that I wear to go outside and then an outfit that I have when I'm in my home and then a different I change again if I'm going to go to bed Mm. so it's just kind of like keeping I think just keeping up with the hygiene more frequently Mm -hmm. I also did a deep cleaning of my apartment I think that that's it's helpful to like pass the time but also just to like a good opportunity to keep you know it's like a responsibility to your own personal health we also know that there's a lot of conflicting information going around and for us it's been helpful to check out the cdc.gov um, I don't know for you ladies if there's other resources that you've seen. I think most of the like health precaution information is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are interested, you can go to cdc.gov, uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and they have a, um, a specific section on COVID-19, how to prepare, how it spreads, how to protect yourself. Also, the WHO, uh, World Health Organization, has a lot of good information too and reliable. And I think just one other thing, um, like a lot of people have been hoarding just like hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes, but like soap also does the deed of killing the virus because coronaviruses encase in in basically like a layer of fat, like a lipids. And so the, the soap breaks down that fat and all you got to do is use some soap maybe bring some with you um if you are down on sanitizer and afraid that you can't get any horde mentality is so so crazy yeah and it's actually more effective than hand sanitizer right to use soap and water and just is it like 
20 seconds that they say so you sing like happy birthday or something like that twice happy birthday happy twice, birthday twice. Yeah, will be yeah. be the right amount of time also in all of this like um planning of like you know you're making sure that you have enough groceries and food um i'm definitely going to the grocery store and trying to cook more but another great thing that's been helping to supplement are like having subscription food services daily harvest is one that has these really great grain bowls they're very hearty their flavors are super interesting they have like asian influence cuisine indian all different types Mm. of variety um and if you would like you can use the code abg and you will get 25 dollars off on your first box So thank you everyone for joining in on this off-season episode. We thought it was really important to just address what was going on out there in the world today. And we also just wanted to thank the healthcare workers, the people working at grocery stores, pharmacies, airlines, ride-sharing cars, and all the other necessary services that are being provided during this time. I think we often take these roles for granted, but right now you are all keeping us sane out there and keeping us together. Um... And I think it's important to also note that the virus doesn't care about race, religion, sexual orientation, rich or poor, immigration status. Only we tend to care about that. So I think it's a time for us to be humbled again that we are all human. Let's stop the senseless violence and prejudice against people of Asian descent. Random acts of violence and hate towards Asians is cowardly and inexcusable. And to all of our listeners and everyone out there who is social distancing, we hope you are taking care of yourselves and engaging in daily contact with others through video chats and phone calls. And if you need someone to talk to, ABG has partnered with BetterHelp, the world's largest online counseling platform. They are also one of the more affordable options out there. And right now they're offering our listeners 10% off the first month. Just go to betterhelp.com ABG. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash ABG. Yes, and as you take care of yourself, we hope you guys think about the others around us in our community. Small businesses are suffering right now, so if you guys have the option, please order to go. They are needing us more than ever right now. Again, thank you so much for tuning into this special episode of ABG. Um, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes for our full 58 episodes to keep you guys company during this time. And Asian Boss Girl is now brought to you by Anchor.fm. If you'd like, you can now support us on a monthly basis. Just go to Anchor.fm slash ABG dash Asian Boss Girl and you can select a monthly donation option. The details will be in our show notes. You can also find us on social media. Our handle is Asian Boss Girl, and we are currently trying out a few new things on Instagram. We're going to be doing more weekly lives um, and other activities, so please continue to interact with us there. We are grateful to be alive and healthy, and together we can beat this thing and flatten the curve. Be safe, be healthy, and let's be kind to each other. Thanks, everyone. Bye! Bye.